Hi, this is Taylor Stuber. And this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists and faculty members at Auburn University Harrison School of Pharmacy, and we are your hosts for the Postgraduate Pharmacist. On the Postgraduate Pharmacist, we focus on preparing and obtaining postgraduate training positions. From current events to expert advice, you'll have up-to-date content related to postgraduate training. New episodes are released every other Monday, so don't forget to like or subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or Instagram and LinkedIn at The Postgraduate Pharmacist. And don't forget to separate and stand out. Welcome everyone and happy holidays from everyone here at The Postgraduate Pharmacist. We hope you are taking some time out of your busy schedules to enjoy the holidays with some of your family and friends. We wanted to drop a special bonus episode today in the spirit of giving. Taylor, I love the holiday seasons and I I love that we are able to give too. So uh, we are excited to have our interns here today. We have introduced them separately, but this is the first time you actually get to hear them live. So we have Holly and Caroline here today. Why don't y'all introduce yourselves so they can learn your voices and welcome to the postgraduate pharmacist. Hey, I'm Holly and I'm a P3 student. Hey, and I'm Caroline and I'm also a P3. Thank you, Dr. Smithgall and Dr. Super for letting us come on the podcast today. Well, this show wouldn't be possible without you all. So we, ha- we have to give back to our interns and, and we're excited to have you. All right, so what's on the what is on the bonus episode content today? If you've been following our social media feeds these last few weeks, we've been asking for past candidates to drop some tips or advice they would give prospective candidates um, in the spirit of giving in this giving season. So we're going to read through those today. We got a lot of responses on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So we're excited to share those with you today and kind of discuss those. Caroline, do you want to read the first one for us? For sure. So the first tip or giving of advice that we received was to stay in your lane. Um, This was the best advice that the person was given. It it continues to help them throughout their career. Um, It's so easy to compare yourself to others, but keep in mind your goals, your progress, and your drive that got you to where you are today. So I think that's sound advice. You know, you don't want to be comparing yourself to others. You know, you have a specific set of goals and where you want to get in your career. So there's no need to stack yourself up against somebody else who might be headed for a different trajectory. So I like this advice, you know, stay true to yourself. Don't over compare yourself to others. Oh, yeah. And, and I think there's a tendency to, to talk to your peers. I, I always give the advice, this is probably a good time of year to, to not necessarily share everything that happens in the next month or so, because it's, it, you get in this real interesting mix where you're in competition with everybody around you. And so stay in your lane, focus on you, worry about you, do the best that you can do. I agree. I think that it's saying be your best self and like it says, stay in your lane and keep to yourself so that you're not stressing yourself out by comparing yourself to other people. So I like this advice. And like, like it says, I think it can be um, brought into your career and further than just looking at postgraduate training. Absolutely. 
Holly, what do you got next for us? So the second piece of advice that we have, this person said, my advice is to wear real pants in your virtual interviews. I got asked the question in my interview if I was wearing dress pants, to which my answer was no. I was wearing sweatpants. The RPD of this program then kindly cautioned me that I may want to wear full professional attire in my other interviews in case I got asked again. But then I matched at that program that I wore sweatpants for, laugh out loud. So my best advice is probably just to be yourself. If it's a fit, it's a fit, but also probably wear dress pants. Uh, I think it's funny. We, we, we've talked about this ad, ad nauseum on this show over the last few episodes. So others agree with us. You know, you got to dress the part. It'll help you get it. I think it'll also just help you get in that mindset, too, that you're on a real interview instead of just thinking you're in a casual conversation at your house with somebody else. Well, I'd have to spend probably 10% of my brain just thinking about don't stand up, don't stand up, don't stand up. You're wearing sweatpants. So, like, you're distracting yourself and making it harder to focus. Eliminate any other concern or worry. Wear dress pants. So the next piece of advice that we were given says, my advice is to be well prepared for your interviews, but at the same time, make sure that you be yourself. It is important to find this balance. Programs ask specific scenario questions for you to tell them about a time when you worked as a team, failed at something, gave a good intervention, gave a bad intervention, etc. So it's important to brainstorm some scenarios from your APPEs that you could talk about in case these questions do arise. Just be sure you don't write an actual script out so that you're not talking like a robot. You should be professional, but conversational. And then we have some additional information to piggyback off of this advice, and that's to keep a running list of interventions and recommendations that you make, whether it's to a precept or a physician during your P4 year, so that when you do go into your postgraduate interviews, you can jog your memory and it's easier to prepare for those interviews that you have. Yeah. And I think, you know, that last piece that you mentioned, something that we discussed, you know, in one of our earlier episodes might be a little bit too late to keep a running list if you're applying right now, but you can kind of go back and try to think about, but for a future um, candidates, that would be a good thing to think about doing. You know, you want to have a, have a, bunch of different scenarios of different instances where you had a difficult encounter or you worked as a team and practice applying those to different situational questions. You'd be surprised by how one scenario or situation you find yourself in, how many different things or questions it could be applied to. So just practice doing that. But again, don't write out a script so you can sound conversational. Yeah, and that's 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 one of our most popular episodes, the situational interviewing and the star method. Uh, I like the, you and I need a script or else we'd go completely off topic when we're doing these podcasts. But I like the idea of not writing it down. I was actually just telling that to my fourth year students today is to not write it down verbatim, then you don't sound like you're reading. Uh, I think when we talked about this too, not just in that episode, but we talked about the keeping the notebook or keeping the, the tally sheet of interventions in your lab coat pocket or keeping it close by so you can jot them down. But we also say to go one step further than just write these down is to reflect on them, 
read through the questions that we've posted in that earlier episode, those situational type questions, and actually think through how you would answer using those interventions. Because if you, if you just stop at, like, this is great advice, but if you just stop at writing down the intervention, you haven't put them in a method like the STAR method to say them in a way that's cohesive and clear and shows that you've learned or you've taken something away from the moment. Okay, for the fourth piece of advice, um, this person said, programs are looking for good candidates that are a good fit for their program. Be professional, but authentic, and make sure you feel like the program is a good fit for your personality as well. It sucks to work with somebody for a year that you don't get along with. I love that. It's the personality fit. Yeah, I know we talk about fit a lot on this show and in other parts of the pharmacy world, so... I think this just goes right along with all of that. And you you don't want to sell yourself in a way that doesn't reflect who you really are. You want to be able to be yourself. It'll make you feel more comfortable. It'll help you learn better during your residency year. So all kind of ties in together. This person also gave additional advice saying that while residencies are still highly competitive, choose from a variety of programs, interview with and rank as many as you can. But if you don't think you would be happy at a particular program, don't rank it. So I think that's also a good piece of advice, both for the residency program as well as the student interviewing. Um, because if the if you don't fit well, you may not benefit as much from being at that location and with that program. So I like how they were like, don't don't have your expectations so high that you're limiting your chances statistically on matching by not ranking programs that you really could see yourself in and you, you feel like you could survive a year, but you don't rank them because you're like, it's not, it, it, it wasn't everything I wanted out of the program, you know? So, so have, have expectations, but don't be unrealistic with your expectations of fit. Just make sure it's someplace you can see yourself growing for a year. And I, and I think another piece that goes along with that is you really have to reflect and think, you know, is this program, even if it doesn't have the hundred percent of everything that I was looking for, is it still going to allow me, am I, am I going to be able to be happy there? And am I going to be able to um, progress to the next steps in my career and reach my career goals by, uh, through this program, which if you're applying to them, you should be thinking about that anyways. Okay, so the next piece, this person said, my advice would be to set up your virtual interview space somewhere that you're comfortable and that showcases your personality. I sat at my kitchen bar with my living room wall behind me that had a poster of my dog and a map of Auburn and a plant. This often sparked initial conversations in my interviews and made the experience more authentic. That is an awesome piece of advice. I wish we had when we were talking about that. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. You know, we, we talked about you don't want to have something that's too busy in the background or distracting, but I think, a, you know, a nice piece of artwork. Holly, I see you right now. You're sit, you have a really nice Christmas tree in the background. Having those conversational pieces could be helpful and kind of showcase your personality a little bit. I'm thinking of it from the perspective of it gives you a little bit of an upper hand because you control the small talk by doing that. If you put something behind you that you're super comfortable with talking about, you're super familiar with, that's not a dist- that, like it's not a distracting piece, but just a part of the decor. 
and and they can get well you know hey what what is that what i think that is and then people ask about or oh did you go to here you control you're prepared you control that small talk conversation which can be beneficial as opposed to getting asked uh, are you wearing professional pants you know so, <laughs> so I, I have to ask um our interns if you all were doing interviews what would your backgrounds look like right now what would you put in your background that's a fantastic question i think that i would probably have a picture of my dog maybe and a map of the places that i've been because i love to travel so that might be a good topic to talk about i know i have a map where i like pinpointed the places I've been. So maybe I could get asked about that and I could share some travel tips. What about you, Holly? Um, well, initially, up until now, I had always thought like if I ever had to do a virtual interview, I would just have probably a blank background. So it's not busy or distracting. But now that we mention it and this person mentioned having plants, I love plants. Um, so some, you know, something like that in my background, if it's holidays, I love my Christmas tree. I finally got it put up this year. So something along that line that's not distracting, but also um, something that could start a conversation. So when you initially log into the interview, it can be a little awkward, nerve wracking. If you're able to have a conversation piece about your dog or a plant or a Christmas tree, it kind of breaks the breaks the nerves and the anxiousness a bit. Right. I think it's a good way to show your personality right off the bat. And maybe even gives the people that are interviewing you a way to remember you other than just your interview, something personally about you. Yeah, Taylor, thinking back now, I would absolutely have uh, one of those wall mounts and hanging one of my guitars up there. Because you know how it, the way they do them in houses where it's not just hanging, it's not just laying on the wall, but it actually looks like it's a it's a wall piece. That's what I would do, because then, you know, nobody asks about it, no big deal. But if they ask, it's a fun like, yeah, that's a huge passion of mine and a huge hobby. And it just and it gives them something to remember you by. Oh, yeah. he Was he the guy with the guitar hanging behind him? Yeah, I really like talking to him. He was a little sarcastic, but he was pretty fun. We'd love to have him at the program. Right. Oh, that's good. I that's my favorite so far. This advice. Great, great answers. I like all that. I do feel like we're seeing some repetitive advice in the sense of um, being yourself and being who you are is the best way to go about doing your residency interviews. So I'm enjoying hearing all of these. Yeah, you can you can spot someone being fake a mile away. And I think that's what people have learned the hard way or they've seen as they're now on the other side of this. The next piece of advice that we were given is don't stress too much about the clinical cases in an interview, freshen up on the major disease states, but also know that you're not expected to have every right answer. It's more about your ability to think on your feet. Be prepared to say that you do not have the correct answer, but be able to tell your thought process. Good luck. I feel like this advice was timed perfectly because we actually recorded this this episode here before we released our next episode, which y'all have already seen is on what to do with assessment questions and things like that and how to handle those. So if you want more practice on that, make sure you check out our last episode that goes into real good detail with Dr. Udaly about how to handle these situations. But yeah, again, just, I think it highlights, they're not looking for somebody who's memorized everything from pharmacy school, but somebody that has the ability to solve problems critically think, things like that. 
as an RPD myself, I'd I'd much rather see somebody not know an answer and and handle that than just to see them answer every single thing correctly. Because then in my back of my head, I would just be thinking, well, I wonder what's going to happen that first time they're on rounds or they're with they're they're interacting with a physician and they don't know the answer, and I have no idea how they're going to handle that. So it's almost like I want to see them not know something because I want to see how well they can work through that. That's not saying go in and say, I don't know anything. Give me something. I don't know it. Don't know it. This is what I would do. You know, obviously, if you know it, highlight that. Okay. So this person said, most importantly, I would say be yourself, though maybe slightly more polished for interviews. Residency years are so special and that you can learn so much in, sh in a short amount of time. But if you feel comfortable with the people around you, it allows you to learn even more. I would also encourage candidates to practice scenario-based questions. You can just Google these just to get a list and have multiple scenarios in mind for each question so you don't find yourself repeating the same scenario in your answers for multiple questions during the interview. Good luck. One thing I would just kind of say, too, is, you know, you do want to be, a, be yourself, but again, you know, you want to be on your game. You don't want to even if you know the people that you're interviewing with, maybe you've done rotations there and you're, you know, you get along with the residents and everything. Um, sometimes it can be slightly off putting if they, the applicant or the candidate <clears throat> becomes too comfortable during the interview. And it's almost kind of like they're showing off like, Hey, I've got the inside track on this. And, you know, I I've seen that happen during interviews and it can be a detriment to that candidate. Be on your game, but be yourself, just like just like this person said. And then again, with the scenario-based questions, again, just go through, read as many questions as you can, have a list of scenarios, and just practice applying the, those scenarios to multiple questions. Yeah, that's like when we tell them, I don't know if we've said this in one of our episodes, but we always say... You're on the interview from the moment you walk in the door to the moment you leave. A lot of students get super comfortable when they go on the tour with the residents. If y'all are doing live in, in, on-site interviews, don't get too comfortable on the tour. You're still being interviewed or lunch. That's the other time we see a breakdown. Sometimes they try to get you comfortable on purpose to see, like, who this person really is. It might be a slightly easier during, you know, if you have a virtual interview. But I'm sure there are some programs that will have in some some component of in-person or the op option to have in-person. So just be, just remember that if that um, does come up. I remember myself interviewing for pharmacy school. Um, I Googled like professional school interview questions. And although I was not asked any of those specific questions that I looked up, it did kind of get my wheels turning and I was able to think, I guess you would say quicker and more on my feet when I was asked those questions that were just kind of like off the wall or, what I would consider personality questions, I was able to kind of, you know, turn my wheels and think of scenarios, um, whether in school or work or whatever, just by looking up those questions and kind of being prepared for the topics, I guess you would say. I think it's a great point, Holly, um, because that's true. When you hear a question you've never even thought about before, you can spit, you just, you just can freeze and blank and be like, oh gosh, what, what, what do I say? And I like how this person mentioned, like Dr. Suter said earlier, just having scenarios so that you don't find yourself repeating the same scenario throughout the interview. 
Um, I feel like it could be a definite strength to have different scenarios every time you're asked a scenario-based question rather than repeating those same instances. Uh, you're giving the interviewers a better glimpse of the experience that you've had by giving different scenarios. So, Absolutely. <clears throat> well, that's all wonderful advice. I'm glad. Thank you to our listeners for sharing that advice with our other listeners. And thank you all, um, Holly, Caroline, and Sean for, for recording this episode. Mm -hmm. Happy holidays, everyone. If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, please like, and subscribe. You can listen to us for free on your favorite podcast app and check out our show notes below to see links and highlights of the episode. And remember, you can separate and stand out.